The planet is heating up. The oceans are becoming filled with plastic. Change starts now. Change starts now. We're on a countdown to zero waste. Five, four, three, two, one. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast. Here's your host, Laura Nash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Zero Waste Countdown podcast and radio show. Today, we are recording from Sustainable Brands in Detroit 2019 at the Kobo Center. And with me today is P&G's first sustainability officer, Virginie Helios. And this is very exciting. So it's Procter & Gamble, uh, if you're wondering what P&G is. And they make so many products, and some of them I use in my home still, too. So um, this is very exciting. So thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you. So this is a this is a pretty big role, and this is um, this has never been a role in Procter and Gamble before, right? So you're the first. Yes, indeed. That's awesome. So how how has sustainability been important to you? Well, when I started my career, I had actually no idea I would end up in sustainability. Actually, I didn't even know how to spell the word. So I I, I joined PNG to work on marketing, and I did so for twenty three years. Oh, wow. And in my uh, in my last line job was on the fabric care business, which is tied and aerial in Europe. I was actually working in Europe at the time. Uh, and I, um, the brand was not doing very well, actually. The, the aerial brand, which is the biggest brand, a leadership brand, well, had been you know, on a downward trend for three years. So I had to find ideas to revitalize the business. And I tested many ideas. And the one that came to the top was the idea that Ariel cleans so well that you can wash your clothes in low temperature. And that was um, uh, very appealing for people, especially because at the time, the prices of electricity were going through the roof. Mm-hmm. And so we could say, and if you do that, then you will see saving on your electricity bill. And it was a, a great commercial success. But at the same time, uh, Algo um, launched his movie, The Unconvenient Truth. And this, this was the first time I came across the concept of global warming, and I found it fascinating. I took all my team to, to watch the movie, uh, and I learned that uh, for detergent, the carbon footprint, 80% of it, is related to the temperature of the washing machine. So not only I had developed the best commercial initiative, but it was also the best thing I could have done to reduce the footprint of my product. And this is where uh, it clicked for me. And I said, this is a very interesting idea uh, that can actually drive the business, drive the innovation, and at the t- same time is good for the planet. And so... I started to uh, to educate myself a little bit more on, on this whole space of sustainability. And, and I went to take this training, which is called One Planet's Leader. It's uh, led by WWF. And for a full week, I was with people whose job was sustainability. You know, they were practitioners. And for me, sustainability was still a hobby. And so I committed at the end of, of the uh seminar because I, I realized that if I could make sustainability my job, the impact I could have on the company would be much greater. So I said to people, I will make sustainability my job. I had absolutely no idea how I would do that. But 
Two weeks after the training, I'm flying to Cincinnati and I asked to see the CEO. I got 20 minutes. And in this 20 minutes, I basically explained to him why it made sense and it made business sense to have a commercial position. We had an environmental group, uh, you know, scientists, toxicologists, uh, uh, biologists uh, who were great at science, but they were not connected with the business. So I pitched the CEO to have a new position commercial position to make uh, to bridge between the science of sustainability and the business and I said you know this is the job description and by the way I want the job and he said okay and from that I started um, with a single mission which was embedding sustainability in how we innovate how we build our brands in all business practices and really in fact in our culture and that's what I've been doing for the past eight years with, with some success because now um, we are starting to think of sustainability, not, not just as an afterthought, but really intentionally as an integral built-in part of how we do business. Wow, that's really good. So your goals became the company's goals, pretty much. Yes, I mean, now we there is no one business meeting where we don't talk about sustainability because it, it costs us over, you know, all function, all topic. We, um, last month, we actually announced our brand 2030 criteria, which was a huge milestone because we are now holding our 20 leadership brands accountable for integrating sustainability into their uh, brand strategy, equity and activation. Uh, so we are asking all of these brands to, to define their uh, ambition, which has to be a social or environmental long-term and measurable commitment. And they need to bring uh, those ambitions to life with tangible acts. And it cuts across, you know, their communication, you know, so, so using their voice to promote sustainable behavior, uh, innovating for responsible consumption, uh, full transparency on ingredients, uh, which is a very important uh, point for, for all our stakeholders, uh, and reducing um, their impact across their supply chain. So it's a very ambitious uh, and a very high bar for brands, but um, there is a lot of excitement internally within P&G because uh, our brand builders realize that now consumer expectation have uh, increased. Uh, it's not enough, you know, to have the best uh, shampoo to clean your hair or to wash your clothes. You know, it's um, uh, they want to know who is behind the brand and they want to know what uh, is the brand doing uh, to have a positive impact on the world and society. So that's kind of why it's more important than ever to be sustainable in in your company. But um, what other what other things are you thinking about? Like, are you trying to focus on climate change specifically? Are you looking at reducing plastics? Are you looking at increasing recycling? What are some of the the goals going forward? So l last year, exactly a year ago, actually, we launched our uh, Ambition 2030 vision and goals, and and it is really a roadmap to enable and inspire positive impact across our supply chain, our brands, our employees, and society at large, which are the, the goals that are too big for us alone to realize. So we need transformative partnership. And and we cover all areas that are uh, material for PNG. So uh, if you look at supply chain, obviously it is about uh, sustainable supply of the material that we use. Uh, giving you an example, um, Herbal Essence has uh, launched their ambition, which is very exciting. You know, Herbal Essence DNA is in nature. 
And their ambition is to enable people to experience the positive power of nature and to protect biodiversity. How are they going to do that? For instance, they are the first brand to be verified by the Environmental Working Group. Uh, and they have a partnership with Kew Botanical Garden, which is the authority on plants. For 260 years, they've been working on um, searching and, and making an inventory of all the plants, you know, existing on Earth. They have 8 million seeds, you know, in, wow. in so it's quite impressive. And so the, and, and Herbal Essence is the first hair care brands to have this partnership with the Cuba Botanical Garden, ensuring that all the natural ingredients that we use in herbal uh, are actually sustainably sourced. So, so that's a concrete example on how, you know, sustainable supply chain uh, is brought to life by one of our brands and, and progress is ex accelerated through the brand. Um, then on society, so those big goals that uh, are too big just for us and where we need a, a very powerful partnership, um, we have actually three goals. One of them is um, that we will find solutions so that no PNG packaging finds its way to the ocean. Oh, this God. is a big goal, right? Huge, yeah. uh, and we have five very specific strategies to get there. One of them is to design our packaging uh, following the hierarchy of waste, which is reduced. So we have announced a goal that says that by 2030, we will reduce by 50% the amount of virgin petrol and plastic that we use in our packaging. Will that be by increasing recycled? Material or by reducing the amount of plastic or switching to different all of the above. types? Good. Yes, all of the above. So Very recycled good. material, renewable material, and just sheer reduction of the plastic we use. Good. Actually, our, our uh, fabricare business in Europe um, has committed by 2025, so five years before 2030, to reduce by 30% the amount of plastic that they are mm -hmm. using in their packaging. So that's a very, very bold goal. So the first strategy is indeed that uh, we, we reduce. The second one is that we reuse. And uh, later, to, later this week, actually tomorrow, uh, we'll be talking about Loop, which is this new online shopping platform where disposable packaging is replaced by beautiful, highly experiential, durable, refillable packaging. And we've just launched a pilot in the New York metropolitan area and in Paris uh, last month. Uh, so that's a reuse example. I'm so excited about the Loop program and I saw the examples in your booth. So at the conference, you have some examples. We so. have the packaging that we display there and yeah. they are beautiful and, right? and they are very durable, you know, either in light aluminum or in stainless steel for Tide, yeah. ABS material, all very durable, refillable. And, uh, and, and it will, uh, drive responsible consumption. And, and not just that. It's just amazing, uh, delightful experience for people. Mm -hmm. So, so that's the, the first strategy is around design. But the second one is around engaging people so that they recycle. I mean, there is no country yeah. in the world where the recycling rates is 100%, right? And so we need to innovate to make it easier for people to recycle, yeah. but we also need people to participate and play their part. And this this is the objective of our beach plastic uh, packaging campaign. You may have heard, you know, two years and a half ago, we launched our first uh, beach plastic bottle on head and shoulders. It was a pilot in France. 
which was very successful. And today we've sold a million bottles of Head & Shoulders Beach Plastic Bottle around the world. And we have many other brands uh, which have joined the movement. And why are we doing that? For a simple reason, which is to raise awareness among people of the, uh, the issue of plastic leaking into the environment, especially the ocean, and to tell them what they can do to play their part, which is quite easy it's to recycle uh, their bottles. And what we've learned is that actually even people who recycle very well tend to recycle more in their kitchen than in their bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be easier. The, the recycling bin is more in the kitchen, not in the bathroom. And so we are saying, well, you need to recycle your shampoo bottle. And, and for this, you know, designing this bottle that is head and shoulders iconic color is white, right? And now it's turning gray with this beach plastic bottle. So it kind of stops people in their track when they shop and say, what's going on? And so it's very engaging. So engaging people and, and showing them with simple gestures what they can do to be part of the solution is our second strategy. And then the third one, very important, is to invest in innovation. Innovation in recycling and sorting technology. So for instance, there is a material which is called polypropylene, mm -hmm. uh, which can be recycled, but when it's recycled, it's turned into a gray color and the, there are limited uses for reapplication, like it turns into flower pot or park benches. Um, PNG has invented a breakthrough technology that turns recycled polypropylene into a state that is like virgin, removing all the odor, the color, the contaminants, so it can be reused in uh, back into the product. Um, and uh, we have licensed this technology so that many other companies can use it. And uh, the plan that is being built in Ohio uh, has already sold out the production for the next 20 years. So it shows that there wow. is a demand. It yeah. shows that we accelerate the development of the circular economy through our investment in innovation. The fourth strategy is to create the end market, because if we want to have a fully circular economy, we need to make sure that we do use recycled material in, in our own product. And, and we have a goal actually by 2020 that we will double the amount of uh, post-consumer recycled material we use in our packaging versus 2010. And we are on track to meet that. So that's the, and the last strategy, not the least, is to help with the development of infrastructure. We are a founding member of the Closed Loop Fund. They are basically an organization who provide a low interest loans to municipalities so that they can invest uh, in collection and recycling facility. Uh, and we are a founding member of the, the Alliance to End Plastic Waste, which is the largest effort of its kind, with 34 other companies committing collectively to invest one and a half billion dollars in, in what we call catalytic capital to develop solution at scale to address the issue of plastic leaking into the environment, especially in the region that is mostly responsible for the leakage, and that is Southeast Asia. Yeah, there is a, a map that you can look up online about all the rivers, the different rivers that are pushing plastic in. So yeah, and then, nice so, so part of the part of the scope of the alliance to end plastic waste is to turn up the tap and especially work on the rivers and with the community around the rivers. Like for instance, we are starting in India uh, with the Ganges River, where people living along the river believe that the river is actually the garbage bin, you know, and, and mm. then the thing goes away, but it doesn't go away, it goes into the ocean. And so we are engaging, uh, the, the, the project is called Renew Ocean, 
and we are engaging the communities, um, uh, helping them, working with the waste pickers to make sure that, you know, they are compensated and making sure that, uh, yeah, the plastic doesn't get into the ocean in the end. That's good. So has PG ever thought of doing anything like soap bars or like, you know, like cloth period pads, like things that the zero waste movement is already using or like, you know, those menstruation cups, like things like that, that are alternatives. Is that ever going to be part of PNG's vision or are you going to stick with the traditional packaging, but make sure that it gets into the circular economy and, and doesn't get out to the ocean, that sort of thing? Both and. I mean, we are looking at optimizing what we have. One example that I love is, is diaper. I don't have the diaper to show you, but I will probably show you in one of my panels, which is, um, you know, 20 years ago, uh, the, the thickness of the diapers. I mean, it really looked like an adult incontinence diaper, you know, the amount of material. A baby today in the U.S. uses, if, if they wear pampers, 160 pounds less material than 20 years ago during his or her diapering life. You know, we've optimized the diaper weight by 40%. I mean, this this is pretty big, you know. So, mm. so we are working both on optimizing and making sure that our uh, our solution uses less material. But we are also looking. I mean, Loop is an example of working on a totally different business model that actually uh, creates zero waste. So, mm. in in all our categories, and I can't give you the details because it's still, a, you know, upstream innovation, not in the market yet. But uh, but stay tuned because we have really interesting innovation across all our all our businesses uh, that are different business model and and that really uh, talks to the um circularity of of, of purchases and uh, creating no waste and and dramatically limiting the uh, the impact good and i've heard too that loop is not the cheapest program to get into as a business because you have to have returnable containers and then you have to pay for the shipping and whatnot so it's up to bigger brands like png i think to lead the way in in starting something that might be a little more expensive to start uh which is the the loop program so i think that that's really great mm. and can you tell me a little bit about the products that are in there because i saw there was a razor and it looks just like the Venus razor. I'm yeah. not sure if it is the Venus. Yeah. And and you take the blades off when you're done, but you and then you reuse the handle, but the blades go back to loop to recycle. That's that correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. So That's we indeed cool. we have ten brands actually participating oh, wow. across the two regions. So it's it covers eighty percent of product categories. So we are basically learning on loop across all our businesses. Um, and um, and and it, depending on the business, some have actually used there is this, their existing packages because they met the loop requirements in terms of durability and refillability. Some had to go back to the drawing board and develop totally new packaging like Tide. So Tide liquid in the US, in loop US, is in the, um, I mean, beautiful stainless steel package, you know, that uh, with a kind of the orange uh, cap okay. uh, and uh, and can be refilled and reused. So that's a new packaging. For the razor, indeed, so it's the uh, durable handle that people would keep. Um, they have a, kind of a travel case, you yeah. know, to uh, kind of nicely. It's nice. So, yeah. that, so that it's, you know, when it's shipped, you know, it's, uh, it doesn't, the blades doesn't, doesn't touch anything. Things, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then the refillable part is indeed the, the, the blade that goes back 
is being recycled, but not into itself. You know, it's being recycled into other other users. Um, the other interesting one, I don't know if you've, you've seen it, is the um, uh, the oral care, uh, which is the, <gasps> the OLB the toothbrush. So it's a manual toothbrush. So that that's not just a packaging invention. It's a total product invention, which is the kind of thing that Loop can encourage is to relook at, uh, I mean, it's new product innovation, basically. And so it's a manual toothbrush with a beautiful, durable handle, mm -hmm. and you refill the head. And so the head, and there is a patented uh, uh, system that clicks the heads to the, to the handle, and, uh, and the, the head is refillable through loop. It's perfect. So if someone doesn't subscribe to Loop, do you know if we can get that toothbrush? Like, can you buy that toothbrush anywhere? Right now, it's, it is through Loop. Um, we make stand, you know, to, to retail, but, but it's very important for us to understand if people are ready to embrace the Loop uh, way of shopping because it, it is a major habit uh, shift and, and, and it will be successful only if people shift a significant part of their basket. So that's why we are trying to be, to be representative of, of most of our categories. And we encourage others to join because the, the broader the lineup, the more uh, likely it is that people will get into this new uh, way of shopping. Um, I'm really excited about the toothbrushes because I have used the wooden toothbrushes for a while and I really don't like them. One of them molded mm. um, completely, which was mm. very, very gross. Mm. And another one was starting to mold at the bottom when you mm. put it in your toothbrush holder. And so I said, we're not using wood anymore. Uh, yeah. So I went back to just a regular you toothbrush. You know, that's the thing with some of the green innovation is that you get into um, convenience per or performance trade-off. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and yeah. and PNG strategy is really about the end. You know, we will delight consumers and at the same time reduce our footprint. You know, and and the only way to do that is through innovation. Uh, so, I mean, just an example to illustrate that, uh, we've launched Tide Pure Clean. You may have seen it in the booth. And Tide Pure Clean, I mean, we've been perhaps a bit late to the game of, of natural, but because it requires really deep innovation to be able to keep the performance of Tide in a formulation that is 70% plant-based. You know, USDA certifies 70% plant-based. And so now this is what you have. No performance trade-off. You have the great cleaning of Tide in a formulation that is more natural. So so that's why innovation is critical to break that dilemma. It took a long time. Yeah. So there are a lot of listeners on the podcast who are millennial and they're women and they're just finishing university or still in university. So as someone who has made a good career out of sustainability and is doing really good things, do you have any career advice for our listeners to get into green jobs? Yes. Uh, and it will not be to be into green jobs. That's not the way I will uh, formulate it. I would say go and do what you are passionate about. It can be finance, it can be a, a legal career, it can be anything. Go for where your passion is because generally it's where you are the best. Excel and perform in that and make sure that sustainability is fully integrated into what you do. So, so sustainability is very much kind of the lens that you need to go through. It's a mindset, but on its own, the danger is that then it becomes I mean, unless you want to work for an NGO, then it's like a sustainability green career. But not the majority of people want to do that. Some want just a great corporate career. And my advice would be 
you know, go where your passion is on, on any of the competency and skills and make sure sustainability is totally integrated into what you do. Mm-hmm. We've heard that before. Do, do something in a, a lot of green companies need every aspect, right? Absolutely. Of the world working Absolutely. For them. That's Scientists what I've been doing and- internally at PNG uh, for eight years. Uh, many millennials are coming to me asking, I want a job in your team on <laughs> sustainability. And I tell them, have good news and bad news. The good news is absolutely you can work on sustainability. The bad news is you stay where you are and you make sustainability part of your job. That's very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been really cool. So that is P&G's first sustainability officer, Virginia Helios. Thank you. Thank you very much. I poked around the P&G booth at the Detroit Sustainable Brands Conference. And as Virginie mentioned, P&G has partnered with TerraCycle's Loop store. And so I got to check out the new products that will be available in the Loop boxes. The razors and toothbrushes are really nice, where the blades and toothbrush heads can be recycled through TerraCycle. Some of the P&G brands available through Loop in reusable containers are Pantene, Tide, Cascade, Crest, Gillette, Ariel, and even Febreze. Tide Pure Clean, a laundry detergent, will be available through Loop and will come in reusable stainless steel. It's made without dyes and at the site where it's made, they purchase renewable wind power electricity and send zero manufacturing waste to landfill, which is pretty cool. I actually use two different things for laundry, so I have soap nuts for loads that aren't very dirty, although I don't use them too much anymore, and I have Tide cold water for dirtier loads, and for regular washing, since most of the energy spent on laundry is actually used to heat the water. According to the New York Times from a 2011 article, kind of old, about three quarters of the energy use and greenhouse gas emissions from washing a load of laundry comes from heating the water. So in 2005, P&G introduced Tide cold water after scientists worked with different enzymes and surfactants to get the same type of clean that hot water and detergent was getting. Because hot water is, until Tide cold water, it was very crucial to getting things clean. In my personal experience, Tide cold water works very well. I've seen studies that show liquid detergent is more gentle on clothes, but I still use the powdered Tide cold water, so I'm not paying for liquid, I stay away from plastic, and I can recycle the paper box afterward. And of course, when it comes to laundry, I line dry my clothes most of the year and I tie my laundry schedule around the weather. So I don't do laundry when it rains, only when it's sunny. In the wintertime, I hang clothes in an indoor rack and I do use my dryer in the really cold parts of winter. So the other product P&G had at their booth was the Herbal Essences shampoo bottles made with 25% beach plastic, which was a campaign to raise awareness about beach plastic, and hopefully one that encourages shoppers to recycle those bottles and take part in the loop program. As you probably already know, beach plastic is too weathered usually to be of any use to plastic buyers for recycling, so it's not easy to work with. Overall, I must say that I'm impressed by what P&G is doing, and if they keep on this track, they could be the leading mega company when it comes to sustainability. They're well on their way with Miss Helios at the helm, and it was a pleasure to speak with her too. To everyone listening, thank you for your interest in Zero Waste. Keep up the good work and know the change is happening and that you are making a difference. 
If you like our show and want to help save the world from all this trash we're consuming, please consider donating to the Zero Waste Countdown. You can become a patron on Podbean. You can find me on Patreon. Or you can donate right on the website, zerowastecountdown.com. And if you're interested in seeing a photo of our guests, you can check us out on Instagram. That's zero underscore waste underscore countdown. And if you want to email me, it's laura at zerowastecountdown.com. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks to all our listeners in America, Canada, Australia, Germany, the UK, and wherever else you may be tuning in from. Together, we're going to change the world. Change starts now. This is the Zero Waste Countdown Podcast.